Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today to have Becky Farrell on the latest episode of the Powercast. So, I know Becky through her partner Darren uh, very, very well. So, you're both based out in Dubai. Uh, Darren's obviously incredibly inspirational uh, chap himself. He's been on the podcast. And now it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast as well, Becky. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, so I think your like backstory is quite cool because you've it's sort of similar to myself in some respects. We were talking off air briefly a minute ago. So if anyone who doesn't know uh, know about you, Becky, give us a quick like synopsis, like run through of who you are and what you do. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, what am I? I am a woman. I am a teacher. <laughs> I am a wife. I'm an athlete and most recently full-time online coach. I suppose if I was to give you a little backstory about myself, um, I'm 34 years of age and I would say 10 years ago, my dream was to be a teacher, head teacher of a school. And in 10 years, I've literally turned my whole life around and now I'm no longer working in the education sector. My sole purpose in life now is to help people look and feel great and I absolutely love it. And I think everything that's kind of led me to this point has kind of given me all the skills that I've needed in order to become the best possible coach to all of my clients. So yeah, I'm a full-time online coach. I am an athlete myself, much like my husband, Darren. However, I'm not an IFBB pro yet, but we shall see. Let's see what 2020 holds. But yeah, I think that's probably, yeah. A bit of a background about me, but feel free to ask away anything else. And obviously, yeah, you're based out in Dubai. And like, how long have you been out there for now? Uh, three and a bit years. We moved over in 2016. Uh, 2016, yeah, August 2016. We literally got married at the end of July 2016, and within a month, we just literally moved straight out to Dubai to start our married life. It's a pretty ballsy thing to go and jump <laughs> in at the deep end with things like that. So. Uh, massive respect for you. So I think a lot of people too afraid to have that mindset to go and do something different and be different in some respects. Um, so I think there's a huge amount to be taken from that. So a massive Thank respect. you. Yeah, it was a big shift and a big decision. But I think, yeah, we were about a month before our wedding and my contract was kind of up for renewal. Darren was, you know, working as a PT and online coach himself. And we kind of had an option to be stay where we are right now or to be just go for something new and exciting. And the opportunity presented itself for me to work out here within education. And the perks of being an expat out here and working were just, you know, too good not to take up. So, yeah, we moved out. And in the three years that we've lived here, we've completely transformed our lives. And as I said, I'm no longer working within education. I'm now you know, following my passion in health and fitness and supporting clients all over the world. So I think one of the things that I, I like most about what you preach, uh, Becky, is like the, the mental and the mindset aspect of things, which is what we're obviously going to delve into a lot today. But, and I think that's probably the main tool that most people probably don't really think about, which uh, is probably the mental change that needs to play, take place for you to physically change. And that's the most important factor, in my opinion, that needs to change first is your mindset and the way you look at food, nutrition, training, and just general life before you can actually physically change. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think lots of people say, you know, is it your mindset that shifts first or is it your body? And I think nothing really moves in terms of changing the way you look and feel or your life without you really changing your mindset first. 
And it's not an easy thing to do. It really isn't. You know, I, I know that lots of people, especially this time of year, you know, are pre- preaching, you know, mindset and kind of meditation and gratitude and, oh, you know, we all have to be more positive. But it's something that absolutely has to be worked at just like anything else. You know, if you're a beginner in the gym, if it takes a while to build up that confidence to, to go and do the exercises, you know, to get the work done and to make progress. If you're a beginner at really thinking about who you are as an individual and developing self-awareness, that takes time too. And a lot of practice, a lot of practice. So I think one of the things we're going to run through today is obviously uh, you've got an approach in terms of this, how you work with your great innate program, obviously sort of slightly similar to so sort of straight innate we were talking about previously. Yeah. Before it was launched. Um, so in terms of like some of the mental like aspects, if we go through them maybe individually is quite an interesting one. Like gratitude, I think is something that like myself, I'm grateful for what I have in life, but I have a very relentless approach sometimes where I sometimes don't, um, don't necessarily take gratitude, not grateful for what I have, but I don't really see what I achieve sometimes, which I think is what a lot of people sometimes can have. And they probably overlook some of the things in life that they should be grateful for. Like for me, one of the big things I like to think about like before I go and train is how grateful, for example, I am that I have a body that functions, that I have the opportunity to go and do these things. And like a lot of people who bitch and moan about, oh, I have to go and train, I'm tired or whatever. Like you, if you didn't have the opportunity to work out, can you imagine like what you would be able to do to have another workout. For example, you were paralyzed in an accident or something like that. Like it's, I think it's a bit of a shift in mindset that, that can make a big difference in an individual. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you could take it right back to kind of primal things. Like you should be grateful that you get to wake up and live another day. Like let's go as to basic as that. I you see know, the sunshine again. Literally, there are some people that do not wake up, you know, and that was something that, and gratitude is, absolutely one of my core values and I have three core values and gratitude is one of them for lots of different reasons and I think no matter what people see from the outside when they look in on someone's life everyone has got something to be grateful for because everybody's been through a struggle you know people look at my life and my you know my life with Darren in Dubai and they think oh they're living the life in Dubai it's great you know no we've been through some extremely extremely tough times and you know it's been really hard to kind of dig ourselves out of it but being through those tough times makes us so much more grateful for when the good happens. And I, I say it often because I don't know, you know, how many of your listeners know much about our story, but you know, with Darren suffering with depression and me having to support him through that in the last few years, it's been really tough. And if anyone asks me what I'm most grateful for, I'm actually most grateful for his struggle because it's made us stronger. And that might sound incredibly, incredibly tough because it's easy to be grateful for the things that are good, but are you as grateful for those tough times too? And do you realize how they're actually shaping you into the next best version of yourself? Like yeah, I'm really passionate the person about you are today and the couple you are today in that respect. Yeah. And I think whenever I'm working with clients, my, my great innate, much like your shred innate, was designed originally to build up good habits for eating, exercising regularly, you know, having a good approach to food, you know, losing body fat, gaining body confidence. And it was designed for females. And it was literally designed to help them build those relationships with food and exercise in the idea that in eight weeks they can change their mindset. But actually, the more I worked with these women over the, the, the period of eight weeks, each time I did this cycle of great nights, the more I realized it was more about the mindset shift. And I was actually coaching these women through other areas of their life. And I realized I kept coming across these similar steps that they were all struggling with. And gratitude was always the first one. So... I guess from designing my great innate and working with those women, 
these steps kind of evolved from that. And I became extremely passionate about the mindset side of coaching. And I developed my ebook called Great Nate, which has the eight steps for mindfulness and well-being. And gratitude is number one and will always be the top for me. Yeah, I think that's um, probably the most underestimated thing that I think everyone probably ever looks I would say obviously you mentioned your like the challenges you and Darren have had in the last few years and I think that's obviously a truly inspiring story as you guys have obviously been told a fair few times what would you say is the the biggest thing that got you through that and the biggest thing you would learn and maybe recommend or say to someone else who's going through something similar is start to learn who you are as an individual I think the biggest issues that people have with mental health is that Honestly, I know this is going to sound really strange, but they really don't know who they are or where they're going. So like self-awareness sort of thing. hundred percent. If you can't be self-aware and know who you are in terms of what your values are, you're really going to struggle. And, you know, it's easy for people to say, oh, what are your values? You know, what is it that you want to... And straight away, people turn to things that are extrinsic. They want a family. They want a car. They want the house. They want to be married. You know, and I've been there. I remember when I qualified as a teacher when I was 24, my goal was at the time I was 30, I would have a house. I'd have two kids. I'd be married. I'd be a head teacher. Well, what happens when you get to 30 and those things don't happen? Those extrinsic things that you have placed value on, if you were to achieve them, amazing. Where do you go next? If you don't, gosh, the downfall is huge. So self-awareness isn't about looking for those things that have meaning in your life that you can obtain that are tangible, like in terms of you can touch them and own them. It's more a case of what your values are intrinsically. What are the things that mean most to you? You know, so for me, mine are gratitude is a big thing to always find the good in everything and to be grateful for what I have and learn how to be grateful for the hard times. My other core values are things like self-awareness and mindfulness, spending time with myself on my own and being okay with that. And then the other one is hope, knowing that there's always more to come. There's always something to be hopeful for. And so I think having self-awareness um, through those tough times and helping Darren to become more self-aware and him to really identify what his core values were was a turning point for both of us because it was then that he realized who he was, what he wanted to achieve and what his purpose was in life. And it gave him the strength and the courage to, to live on, to, to get past this and to move through his tough times. What like interestingly, I think a lot of people like myself included, if if you have a goal that's like an exter- like an external materialistic goal or even a goal of achieving a certain thing, it's not like an internal thing. I think even when you go and achieve that, can often see, feel you make you feel very vacant and like what's next. I don't think it ever really fulfills you how you think it will. Like when you get to the the final destination of some sort of external goal like that, it can often lead you for thinking well that was it like yeah what do I do next definitely. I mean you can see that in lots of areas of life okay let's take for example fitness and competing you know people prep for a show or a photo shoot you know <laughs> you see it all the time someone comes out of a show and then it's that big come down it's like the worst hangover ever they don't know what to do next and it's like oh so I I achieved this goal of x y and z competing or worse I didn't achieve it I didn't place where I wanted to place what do I do now with my life or if you take fitness out of it completely, there's no kind of surprise that people go through things like a midlife crisis. What happens to the man that is in his 40s and he's got a wife, kids, really successful job? You know, he's got lots of money, but for some reason he's just sad and he's not happy and he doesn't know why because he's got everything that he said he was going to achieve. But there are other things that perhaps he's not really addressed yet and he's not thinking about other things in his life. 
if that makes sense. No, absolutely. He's, he's just looking at the external things around him, which mm. society and probably media make us think are what we need to be happy and successful. But in reality, like material goods don't necessarily mean a happy and successful life. It comes down to having a purpose, having a real purpose in life. And if Why do you get out of bed? Yeah. And if this guy that's 14, he's got the job that brings in the money and that's his purpose is money. Well, when you've got the money, what next? Do you have a job that's actually fulfilled with purpose? I'm reading a book at the moment called Grit by Angela, du- um, Angela Duckworth. And she talks about this, about people having different perceptions of their job and their calling in life. And the third level or the third tier that she talks about is having a job that actually feels more like a calling. You feel like you're actually, you've got a purpose in life and you are making the world better in some way, shape or form. Now, years ago, I believed I was doing that when I was teaching. 100% I did because I was in the classroom and I was making a difference. And my goal in life was to create my job so that I could make a difference to education, that I could run my own school, I could change the way education was. And, you know, 10 years in the game, I wasn't getting anywhere and I kept coming up against, you know, blocks. But whereas when I started coaching people, I was really making a difference. I was changing people's lives and I felt like, wow, this maybe is my calling. And all my experience from being a teacher, you know, and coaching teachers and coaching children and mentoring, all of that has now led me to become the coach that I am today. And I feel like I really have found my calling. So I think maybe, yeah, that's sometimes where people can go wrong is they look for the external things, but don't have that, that core purpose or calling in life. As wishy-washy as that might sound, that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's how you, I feel, to be honest. unintentionally started to work through, obviously, some of the, the points you mentioned in uh, Great Nature, we're going to keep going through them anyway. Yeah. So we've already done the gratitude and self-awareness, which was actually wasn't even intentional. Uh, <laughs> so like, next we talk about, obviously, like goal setting when it comes to like happiness in life. Do you have anything which you recommend with people that when it comes to setting goals, like for me personally, I'm a big into like breaking down goals into like smaller bite-sized chunks and then have like a very short term goal or like a small goal of, I don't go for a walk every day or whatever it might be. And then like yeah. a month to lose a couple of kilos or then six months to run X, Y, Z and then 12 months. So then it gives you more of a, like a progressive timeline to work along if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think with goals, you should have those big goals in place, but also know what those steps are to achieving them. Like we're, we're at the time of the year now, January, where everyone's setting goals, you know, yeah. and I'm a big believer of setting goals throughout the year. But if you're, you're that person, it's the first time you've sat down and set goals for yourself. You're like, right, where do I start? Or it's that New Year's resolution time, which I think has negative connotations. But I would say with goals, have goals in lots of areas of your life. You know, have one that is linked to your health and your well-being in terms of health and fitness. Have one that's a personal development goal that's perhaps just to do with you and who you are as a person and you, you finding yourself or a passion in your life that's nothing to do with work or your family or your wife or anything like that. And then have another one that maybe is linked more to your career. So I think setting goals in different areas of your life is important. Having, and then in my mind, I always think, well, what is the biggest one out of those? So say you've set like three in three different areas, you've got like nine maybe or 10 goals, then rank them okay, what's the biggest one out of all those areas? Okay. And then scale back, right? What are the steps? Those other goals that I've listed, how do they link? And I do this with Darren every year. We sit down and we write our goals for each year. On January 1st, we sit down and I make him get my book out and we write down our goals. He writes down maybe like four to six and I tend to put about 10 down, but I tend to have like five that are kind of linked to like my business and my professional development. And then five that are just personal ones for me. And they could be silly ones as, as silly as like, 
making sure that I Skype my family regularly or that we travel as a couple three times this year and just do like couple things. You know, so I have little goals like that, but I think set big goals, but then understand how to rank them, scale them back and know that they're going to be little steps along the way that lead you to those bigger goals. And I think definitely like having yourself accountable to them is the most important thing. Set a time frame. If you just write down a goal and you don't have like a date in mind, I think, yeah, you don't always achieve it unless you actually like put a time frame to it. I agree. And like for me, like you briefly talked about accountability with goals. Like for me, I always set myself like a two month, six month, 12 month and a five year goal. Amazing. Um, and then like, I will tell people like who are relevant in that field. Okay. This is what I want to go and do. Um, because then like, I'm almost like a big believer in like, the law of attraction is, sounds a bit woo woo, but like no. if you put something out there and say, look, I'm going to go and do X, Y, Z then like that has become a real thing in the world and you've told someone that. So like yeah. you've put that into reality now. It's you to put that, take that into action and say like, okay, I'm going to get the best shape of my life. I want to go and do this for my business. I'm going to go and travel here. Like if you tell someone to do that, you're making yourself accountable to that person or to yourself because you've vocalized whatever it is your goal is you're looking to try and achieve. So I think like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I want to achieve this goal, but they won't tell anyone. They'll write it down like a little book. It will just go away and the world will never know anything about it. If, if that's your the way you're going to set your goals, I would yeah. very much guarantee that you won't achieve them because you, if you truly believe that there was something that you were going to like see through, then you would tell people about it. Yes. And I think social media is a brilliant one for that. You and I both know, like if I put that out on my story and I say, right, January, yeah, yeah, my three goals, people would be like, Bex, did you do it? So I actually did that. Um, I did it this week. I did um, one of my walk with Bex and I think I actually kept it on my highlights in my Instagram somewhere. But yeah, it was basically about goal setting. I gave some examples of how to set goals and I said, right, I'm going to hold myself accountable. And I said the three that I had ready for January. And one was to release um, my post-op Great Nate Guide, which is a training guide for anyone coming out of surgery, because I've just had surgery. And then the other one, oh, what the other two? Oh, one of them was to start my new strength training program, which is absolutely killing me. <laughs> um, uh, and that's kind of leading towards my goals for 2020 in terms of competing. And then the other one, you're going to laugh at me, but I've set myself a goal to start my own podcast this January. So yeah, the now I've said it on your you podcast, it's got to happen. Exactly. So you put it into reality now, so it's going to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody who listens to this, give her some abuse if it's not done by the end of January. <laughs> end of January. <laughs> I haven't got my podcast up. You can come and hound me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll find out where she lives. Um, so, but I think, yeah, you have, to, you have to hold yourself accountable and you've got to tell people about it. And I think you've got to, I kind of leading on to, I suppose, my next um, step was about networking. You know, set a goal, but then, you know, find who your circle of people are that believe in you, your vision, your goal. And do you know what? have that circle support you network and find out who those people are who's in your corner because it you know it's very difficult if you are setting a, a goal or you're trying to make a change in your life whatever it might be in terms of health fitness mindset you do need support it's not easy to do it on your own no matter what it is so you've got to find out who your people are and you've got to have a nice circle of friends to help you it's one of those things that no one is ever hugely successful on their own like if you look at tiger woods the golf coach like all like you have to people don't understand that the best people in the world don't become the best in the world by themselves. They have like a team around them and a network of people that will help elevate them to that status and f basically fulfill their full potential. And I think too many people are maybe narrow minded and maybe slightly egotistical that they won't, they think they know better and won't ask for help sometimes. Yeah. And I think perhaps like being honest, I was maybe like that when I was younger, whereas now I have the other approach. Whereas like if I, 
I'm unsure on something in a specific field, I'll go and find whoever is the best in the world at it and just try and learn from them so then I can Absolutely. steal their knowledge essentially. There's so much to learn and you know what? We never stop learning and we never stop evolving. That that's is the beauty of life. Yeah, that's who we are as human beings. And I think anybody that thinks that they've learned it all, that's where they're going wrong. And that's, that's really quite sad, to be honest, because I think we're all evolving. We're all moving forward. I mean, when I was, you know, starting to be a teacher, you know, I had to learn how to do that. And in my 10 years of teaching, I continued to learn. When I started online coaching, you know, I had to learn about nutrition. I had to do courses. But equally, when I started my own business, I had a business coach, you know, in my years of competing, I've done nine shows. Every single show I've had a coach for. So I've always had someone teaching me how to do something to become the best version of it. But equally, I've had to seek out information. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm reading a book called Grit by Andrew Duckworth. But over my however many years of developing my business and myself as a coach, I've read an enormous amount of coaching books. Um, there's so many, you know, and particularly when building my business, things like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, I've, I read that, The 5am Club, like there's so many amazing books out there that have helped support me. But I think, yeah, you've got you've to seek out advice from people. You've got to go to those that are the best in the business for what you're doing. And you definitely need support. You definitely need support. It's one of those things, ultimately, the only thing that's holding you back from achieving your goal is knowledge and then you applying that knowledge and that's a fact. Like that's the thing, like, realistically, I know, like, and you will have the same mindset, that I can achieve anything I want as long as I find the right knowledge from the right person and apply it. Definitely. There's always something to learn and there's always an expert in doing, or there's always somebody that's doing what you want to do and doing it better. So why not go and find out? Yeah, if someone else, the way I like to think, and Gary Vee talks about like a lot, is if... If there's someone in the world who's doing what you want to do and they look like you or they're doing this similar to you, then why can't you do it? Like, yeah. it's as simple as that. Like, it, there, is no, there is no comebacks. That's why you can't do it. Everyone has the same 24 hours in the day, same opportunities. You might come from a different background, have a different financial situation, but I can guarantee you someone in the world will have had a harder start than you will have done if, if that's the, the card you're trying to play of why you're not achieving your goals. It's just an excuse at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, I've, you know, in my years of competing, I've been a teacher full time. You know, I've had, when we moved to Dubai, I remember the first prep I did moving here, I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning to do my cardio before going to school and starting teaching at seven. I was at school till like 5 p.m. And then would go to the gym and then would do my coaching clients afterwards. Like, like you said, we all have the same 24 hours. It's just, you know, what are you willing to do and how badly do you want it? end of the day one of the things obviously we briefly touched on already is obviously accountability do you like within your relationship with darren do you keep yourself each other accountable to the goals you set like we call um, each other stuff or we do and it's funny actually because i probably i'm probably more on him in terms of his business accountability because i'll always be like oh have you done this and what about this and how are you getting on your clients but he'll be like yeah i've sorted it i've got it sorted i'm like oh great so i try and hold him accountable there but actually what's funny is he probably holds me more accountable in terms of my own fitness goals because he is my coach and has been for several years how, how so, do you find that it's like an interesting dynamic um, do you know what? I think I ask him this often. I think it's, it's fucking awesome, but like it's <laughs> not many relationships could probably withstand that respectfully. Well, it's weird because I think every time, so obviously we both prep, but we've prepped at different times. So when he's prepping, he has his own coach. He works with Jamie Dorigo. And when he preps, I'm not on prep. And then when I'm prepping, he's not on prep. So it normally works okay because he'll support me as my coach and my husband, but he'll know kind of when to just leave me alone and let me get on with Space. it. Yeah. 
Um, and he'll know when I'm just being like a naggy prep wife, which is fine. But I think, um, well, I've asked him this in the past. I said, you know, am I a hard client? He's like, no. He's like, you're a tricky wife sometimes. He's yeah. like, but as a client, he's like, I don't have to worry about it. Like, I know you'll go and push hard in your sessions. I know you won't cheat your diet. Like, so that's what, and he knows if I was to do anything or I had like a protein bar, I'd be like, babe, I had a protein bar. I was, I was, I cracked. And he'd be like, he knows that I'd just be honest and tell him. So yeah, it's interesting. And this year is going to be probably even more interesting, but probably going to be prepping at the same time. So it'd be the first time in like five years that we've prepped together. The last time we did that was for the British finals in 2015, 2000. Yeah. So this year we're both starting prep at the same time. So we're going to be going through the process together. Cardio buddies. Coaching me. Pardon? Cardio buddies. Yeah, yeah. We kind of are already. Yeah, but he kind of moves at a slower pace than me. You know, he's a lot bigger. He's about 100 pounds heavier than me. So I have, I have noticed that since Darren's grown, he tends to have that like juggernaut walk of like a, like a freight ship now. So it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And someone of that size burns way more calories than me. It doesn't matter how much I lift. I can never burn as much as him. <laughs> I have to say that is one of the downsides of being female in a lot of respects. You don't get away with eating so much. Well, you say that, but I'm doing pretty well. I've just Actually, no, season and I'm kind of... You're a, an anomaly, but I would say the reason why you can <laughs> get away with it is because your training intensity is so good, which respectfully... Yeah. I actually, I say, I'd actually say women can train harder than men generally, but I would say yeah. a lot of women are too afraid, I don't know if you would agree with this, to push themselves as hard as they can, if that makes sense. Do you know what? I think, yeah, there is that fear. And I think it's, it's lack of knowledge and experience to begin with. And it's not their fault. Like if they've never been shown how to do it or they've never been put through a really tough session or never taking their body to those limits, then they never really know. I think my experience and my kind of success with training has probably come from training with guys, to be honest. When I first started training, when I lived in London, I used to train with Darren and his partner um his training partner ben so i was having to push the same weight as them and it was like right try and push as much as them and take a little bit of the plates off and so i kind of i trained with guys so i kind of trained in their style and i learned to to push that level of intensity and to train you know heavy with high volume so my body's adapted to that and yeah it's great i've grown a lot of muscle and been able to get strong so i think having more muscle as a female allows me to burn more fat. It allows me to eat more. Of course it does. But if you're first starting out, like it's going to take time. Um, but a lot of my girls, I tell you, I'm well excited. <laughs> some of my clients absolutely smash it. And I've got some girls that are looking to compete this year and I'm buzzing for it. It's going to be my first round of prep clients. So that should be really exciting. They've, they've learned how I expect them to train and they are pushing. It's, it's really exciting to see. Oh, I'm interested, obviously, like, I absolutely love it out in, uh, in Dubai. What's your take on the fitness scene there comparatively compared to like the Europe, the US? Like for me, it seems to be booming. And I find what I like there is everyone is so respectful of the fitness industry. Uh, and just for people in the gym, everyone's incredibly polite, which I think is something that um, go, often goes amiss sometimes in the UK. Massively. I think it was interesting. We went home um, to Ireland uh, for Christmas. It was Darren's mum's birthday and we had Christmas in Ireland. And it was there that I kind of noticed the difference more, I would say. In a gym environment, yeah, there's a lot of respect and you get your kind of your gyms that are like families and the environment's nice and people support each other in the gym environment. I get it. But I think um, bodybuilding in Europe and particularly in Ireland, I don't think was as, not as well respected. I, I'll give you an example, like Dan's big, right? So we'd walk into like a supermarket, Lidl's to go and do like a food shop and people would kind of look at him like he was 
strange looking person because he was a big lad. Whereas the opposite, if we are in a supermarket here in Dubai and Darren's in there and we're shopping, someone would look at him and they'd nod at him up and down as if like a sign of respect, like, wow, you look great. So I think you're right. I think out here, there's a massive amount of respect for it. And definitely like in the gyms, um, you know, if you look like you train hard and you are training hard in the gym and you look good, people respect it. They want to come up and they want to talk to you about it. Whereas I think perhaps, yeah, I don't know, in Europe, Ireland, I'm trying to think, where else have we been? See, even in the US, I find people are much more respectful and much more yeah. friendly. Well, I've not actually been to the US yet, so I'm not too sure what it's like there, but it seems like it's definitely more respectful. Yeah, like even like people just come up to you and be like, oh, like, like your trainers or like random shit like that. But yeah, like in the UK, no one ever talks to you anywhere. Anyway, although to be fair, up north people are generally a bit more friendly, I would say. I agree with you on that one. Northerners are definitely more friendly. But I think, yeah, it's hard when you're in the UK and you come, like, when we go back to the UK and we tend to kind of keep ourselves in gym environments and with people that are like-minded. So we don't tend to, I suppose, go to places that would make us feel uncomfortable and that, you know, some of the gyms yeah. that we go to, some of the biggest gyms in the UK with like the best athletes. So it's amazing. It's great to go into those environments. And there's some awesome gyms in the UK. Like we literally did a tour in the summer and it was just immense but I think yeah generally speaking it is sad to see that people don't respect it as much but I think again that's down to like ignorance like they don't understand it I think there's a lot of kind of stigma around bodybuilding and things like that so yeah perhaps that might be why agree agree completely now obviously on to the next one we sort of covered accountability briefly like celebrate is like a, an interesting subject obviously in the, in the great innate which is quite interesting so like that's for me, it's not necessarily a celebration, but it's like, I think it can be taken that way. It's like for me, with all my clients, I give everyone like a free meal every week to do whatever the hell they want, which I think is very important because that in itself almost gives them something to look forward to in the week and almost like an opportunity to celebrate in that respect. Do you have anything that you implement with people you work with or yourself and you and Darren to like celebrate, like enjoy progress or anything in particular? There's so much to be celebrating in the journey. And I think it comes back to your original point of the small steps. So like if you get a client that checks in and they might, you know, not be happy if their weight's not down or they don't look a certain way by a certain time frame, it actually, as a coach, it's your job to help them celebrate the little wins along the way. The fact that they've changed their lifestyle and they get up for a morning walk now, you know, that they're fitter and healthier and can support their kids, you know, and go for a run at the weekend with, or go and play in the park with their son or something. You know, the fact that their, their family environment's changed and they all sit down and eat at the dinner table and they've got healthier meals. There's so much to celebrate. I think, again, it comes back to that point that we look for those extrinsic things. And we all, you know, and I tell you, even as an athlete, we all have that moment where you step on that sad step and go, oh gosh, my weight's not down. It's not always about that. There's so much more to celebrate. So I think with our clients, what we tend to do is when they check in with us, we look at a whole host of things, you know, in terms of like, yeah, their weight, the way they look, but also things like, you know, what's their step count, step count been like? How has their food been in terms of on point? Is there any other successes or wins that they've had? Um, and a few of my clients actually celebrate those things with me in their check-ins. I make them share with me like the highs, what have been some of the highlights. And so again, it's bringing it back to that gratitude. What's been really good in the week and what have you celebrated? You know, it could be as little as I was able to fit into my pair of jeans that I had in my wardrobe for ages. But those small wins are huge, huge. Oh my God, massive. So that, big. And that gives the person the confidence. They'll think, shit, this is working. And then they'll try yeah. harder because they can suddenly see the benefit of the hard work they're putting in. 
it was one of my clients the other day. She messaged me and I actually put it up on my story because I couldn't believe it. It almost made me cry. She sent me this photo of her starting picture and then a picture of her just flexing in the gym. And this was a woman who had been formerly overweight, like massively overweight before she even came to me. And when she came to me, she had a lot of loose skin. And through training, nutrition, good supplementation, um, things including like collagen and stuff to help, you know, um, strengthen her skin, her muscles and fill her out and things like that. She sent me a picture and she was like, I cannot believe that I look like this in like 14 weeks. She was like, you've changed the way I think and feel about my whole body. She's like, you've literally changed my life. And literally a month ago, she also had a birthday. Her, her partner at the time took her away to Amsterdam for a weekend and then proposed to her. So she was like, like you coming into my life has just changed so much. And I just, those little things like that mean the world to me, literally the world. No, it's awesome. In terms of obviously the last two remaining points also we go through, obviously the overcome thoughts yeah. on that. So overcome is about overcoming barriers. So when those things do come up and it could be health and fitness wise, or it could be something else in your life. When you have a barrier, how do you, how do you overcome it? What is it you do? And so I give people lots of tips on how to overcome those barriers, how to understand that when those things happen, it's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. Just move on from it. So it's because lots of people will dwell on those things. You know, they worry that if something happens, oh gosh, it's a friend's birthday. I've got to go out. What do I do? You know, that kind of thing. They actually panic, don't they? Yeah. You, oh, you I can't can, have a drink. Oh, what do I say? The message that comes over there, can't you? Oh, yeah. You see those first few lines in the message come through and you're like, okay, I know where this Just is going. Chill. Yeah. Or they're having like a massive anxiety attack because they've got to go out to a friend's do and they don't know what to wear and all those kind of things. So helping them up overcome those things by understanding that, you know, not every day is going to be perfect, but we can get through this. Not every week's going to be perfect and that's fine too. It's um, overall, overall consistency over a period of time is what equals results. Yeah, massively. And then the final point in my whole ebook is evolve. And it's understanding that actually by following all of those steps in whatever way, shape and form that looks like in your life, depending on whatever your goal is, you know that you are evolving into the next best version of yourself. And that the more you understand that your life is constantly evolving and that nothing, nothing in life stays the same, the more free you are to it and the more open you are. Because the minute you start putting barriers on your life and saying that you need to be here by here, or you need to have this goal, and if you don't meet it by this time, you're setting yourself up to fail. I think it's amazing to have goals and have those timeframes, but be flexible with it and understand that you are constantly evolving and things will change and life doesn't always turn out as you expect it to. And that's fine too. And that's why it's important to be realistic with the goals. You set an importance of having smaller bite-sized goals that you can break up rather than just having these huge goals, which I think like, although it's awesome to have massive goals, they can seem very daunting sometimes when you look at them. Exactly. And that, you know, you're just constantly evolving. Life is always moving forward. And that's the beauty of it. Accept it and, yeah. and roll with it. And that's why you need to find your purpose and find what it is that gives you a kickstart to get out of bed in the morning. Exactly. Because no one wants to get up when that alarm goes. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the sweet pillow wants to, wants to keep your head down. I honestly think some of my clients think I literally jump out of bed with a smile on my face. No, trust me, the alarm goes and I don't want to get up either. But we, we get it up. We get up and we get it done. Yeah, it's time to go. What would be your, to sort of wrap things up, what would be your final tip for someone to achieve their goals in 2020? Oh my goodness. Okay. I would say the most important thing is to establish a routine, a routine good routine. Habits. Yes. Develop some really good habits that you can continue to follow 
You know, there's no point saying, right, I'm going to do this, this and this. I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to start CrossFit. I'm going to turn vegan. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to... Let's just start with the basic routine. What do you do in the morning when you wake up? What's the first thing that enters your head? What is your daily routine like? And can you start making small adjustments to your daily routine that are going to lead you to your goals? Because those small adjustments, those small things that you tick off every day are what count. It's not that massive goal at the end because it's the little ticks along the way and the small successes that will get you to your results and your, your goal. 100%, 100% agree with that. I think for me, if I was going to give someone the easiest tip that they could probably do which make their life easier for them to get up in the morning would be to get up and go to bed at the same time roughly every day because it will yeah. optimize your circadian rhythm where we find most people have the habit of they get up very early during the week uh, for work and they go to bed very late and on the weekend they sleep in massively, go to bed very late and then they're basically effectively giving themselves jet lag. <laughs> Come on, what? what is that? I just think I've wasted the day if I did that. Oh, it's my, uh, literally, it's my worst. This is, this is bad. I feel like an old man saying this. Like on New Year's Eve, I just want to go to bed because I want to get up the next day to like, get on with I have to say, New Year's Eve, we are normally in bed before midnight. And this year... Literally, we have- massive respect to you and Darren. High five, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a party time. animal at all. And we actually flew home to Dubai on New Year's Eve. We actually caught the flight home, so landed at 8am and then just started our day as normal. Yeah, legends. Massive respect for that. Um, So anyone who doesn't know you, Becky, how's the best for anyone to find out for you, your socials, to get in touch? Um, I would say probably my Instagram is the one that I'm most active on at the moment. So it's fitness underscore Bex. um, And there is where you can find everything there is about me, my coaching, my life, my website. It's all there. Awesome. So make sure you check it out, guys. Uh, And as always, I'll be giving away a free uh, place for an extra innate program, which will be coming up uh, for one person who's a five-star review on the podcast. So kindly someone leave a review and we'll pick the winner at the end of next week. Uh, Thank you very much, Becky. Really, really appreciate that. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for having me.